Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another podcast with Disruptive HR. And today I'm delighted that we're talking to Amy Brand. And Amy is the global HR partner at Swiss Re. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lucy. Really nice to talk to you. And you, and you. So can you just tell me what a, a global HR partner does at Swiss Re? A little bit about your role and, um, and also maybe a bit of kind of potted history of your, of your HR background, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so um, a global HR partner at Swiss Re is a strategic HR partner role. So we have the kind of usual Ulrich set of model. We've got strategic partners who are generally global partners. We've got country, country HR, and then we've got all of the various centers of excellence. And Swiss Re is an organization of about 14,000 people globally but very, very globally set up. So, you know, the, the teams I support, for example, have leaders um, sitting in various countries with teams in different countries as well. So we're a very, uh, a very global organization and a matrix, heavily matrix setup. So Global HR Partner at Swiss Re does, does the strategic HR people planning for the business areas that we support. So what's included in your role? So uh, I guess it's talent management, performance management, organizational design, organizational development, those kinds of areas. And it's a nice model in the sense that we focus on the things that are globally relevant and execution is done in country. Right. So, so there's really a separation between the, I mean, we, we do some doing, but most of the doing is done in country where, where it makes most sense and where it can be tweaked and adjusted for the local teams. Fantastic. And, uh, and you're based where? I am based in South Africa, although you might not think it given my, given <laughs> what you can see behind me, but we moved, to, we moved here from London three and a half years ago and brought all our furnishings and pictures and everything else with us. So it doesn't exactly look like a South African home. Um, but I mean, that's been an incredible thing with Swiss Re. I started with them about eight and a half years ago, which blows my mind. I don't know where time goes these days. It seems to move faster as I get older. Um, but I started with them in Zurich um, and spent a couple of years there working with particular client groups. And then my husband got an opportunity to move back to London from where we'd come. Um, and then we moved, I moved to London with Swiss Re. And then I had an opportunity or my husband had an opportunity a few years ago, which was based here. And they said, well, you're in a global partner role. We trust you. Your clients want you to keep going. So let's give it a go. And here I am three and a half years later here. Fantastic. Now, obviously, we're recording this whilst we're in the middle of the uh, COVID crisis. So yes. we're all on lockdown. Yes. What does lockdown look like in South Africa? Is it very different to the UK? 
I would say it's much stricter, much more strict than the UK. Um, so the, the cases are still relatively low. When you look at the numbers of people, there's about 50 million people in the country and the cases are at about 20,000. And I think we've had about 300 deaths, but it's been a very harsh lockdown, I would say. I support mm. I support what the, the kind of decisive measures that the president took. Um, yeah. But, you know, Monday will be the first time that alcohol is being sold here since I we started our lockdown. I mean, that's just kind of adding insult to injury, isn't it? You know, not only are you locked down, but you're not allowed to have a drink as well. It's like, come I, on. I know. And as an Irish person, I think it's an extra, <laughs> an extra, an extra hurdle. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think there's lots of cases of domestic, domestic violence. And also there are... The, the hospitals are under a lot of pressure due to alcohol in general. So people driving drunk or people having fights or whatever. So I understand the logic, although it's been difficult for some people because the initial lockdown was three weeks and I think people stocked up for their three weeks and it's been about, <laughs> I think, 57 days or something now. And so they weren't stocked so those, up. That stockpile's disappeared and it's, there's going to be this mad rush to the supermarkets well absolutely um, i think they've stopped taking you. orders lucy they've stopped oh, so they, they were pre-ordered they they've stopped because <laughs> they, they can't take it anymore <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us today and and really what i wanted to explore with you you know we know that every time you open a newspaper or you watch a news bulletin everyone's talking about this you know when things get back to normal when yeah. things return to normal and at Disruptive HR, we're keen to explore this better normal, but you get, you get the gist of it. It, it. It's about saying, we don't just want to return to normal, that HR has an opportunity now, and this isn't to minimize the sadness of this crisis. Clearly, this has been a very painful time for many, many people, but equally, it offers HR in particular a fantastic opportunity to not just go back to normal, but to create something better, this mm -hmm. better normal. And I just wondered at Swiss Re, what have you noticed, either leadership behaviors or ways of working or things that you haven't missed that are beginning to inform your thoughts about what that new normal, better normal looks like? Yeah. I, by the way, I love, I saw the video and I absolutely love Better Normal. I'm a big fan of positive psychology oh, and I great. think we have to focus <laughs> That's on. That's good to know. Yeah, and it's good to focus on the positive because there's a lot of, a lot of negative around. Um, but I, you know, I've been so impressed with how Swiss Re has handled this crisis. I think leadership has really stepped up. We're, we're a risk company you know so so we do risk management essentially and i would say we're extremely high on iq always have been you know we're a knowledge company yeah. and that's what we're known for i wouldn't say eq was always the main focus just because the core strength is really on on yeah in the kind of the iq area but i've been so heavily analytical heavy analytical exactly uh, we're, and we're, have you seen that in your leadership style? Yeah, so we're much more left brain, much more logical, analytical, etc. But I've really seen a shift in the leadership style over the last few months. I mean, we've been on cultural journeys uh, in the past, 
But what I've seen in the last few months during lockdown, much more human approach, much more empathy, much more showing your real self. You know, I'm getting emails from senior people who may have seemed as super senior and, and nearly untouchable, but you see them with their kids hanging off them and <laughs> different things happening in the background or, you know, and the, and the fights between, you know, bringing the kids out or the dogs out and how to homeschool the kids. And it, it's making people connect with our leaders in a, in a really different way. And it, and, you know, I think that was the direction we wanted to go, but it's nearly taken this to just fa fast track it. And it's super And do you think the leaders are conscious of this change? Are they commenting on the fact that people are responding to them differently or that, uh, that you know, amazingly, they've shown their vulnerability, fallibility, and it hasn't meant that they've lost all the respect of their team. In fact, perhaps relationships have improved. Have, have leaders been aware of it? I think so, because I think people would say, you know, you say to someone, how are you? And you get a, I'm fine. At the moment, you say to someone, how are you? And you get how they really are. You know, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. And, and I think leaders recognize they've never had these kinds of conversations with colleagues before. You know, some of them may have, but for the majority, they're, they're conversations on a whole different level. And the trust and the connection that that's building is on a whole different level as well. Yeah. And do you think this is something that leaders will instinctively take forward or when they get back to work, when they return to normal mm. in the you know, traditional sense that, that they'll forget all of this and the IQ will dominate and the EQ will be diluted? I don't think so, because I think it's it's been so striking, you know, that, that we've had a wellness pulse check in. And I think that's come through in that as well. Um, but I do think it's always important to reflect. So having a reflection on what do we want to take forward? You know, even your reflection on what's the better normal, that kind of conversation yeah. I think is very helpful because it brings it to life and it just reinforces it for, for people. So I would plan yeah. to have those kinds of conversations around what's going well, what, what do we not want to change? What do we want to continue doing? And I would hope that that's what they would say. But I think, you know, I always think it's important to to reflect. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a risk, isn't there, that we assume that leaders have benefited from this new style, conscious or, or instinctive, but that we assume that they'll continue to benefit from it um, when when things return to normal. And yeah. and actually, I think this time now to provide those interventions for HR to step in at this point mm -hmm. and to get them to consciously recognize the difference in their style and the impact of that difference, yeah. I think will be necessary for it to continue. Yeah, I, um, no, I agree. I think, um, I think when you're busy and there's obviously so much going on, it's easy to then just revert to the traditional because there's no crisis to, to make you, yeah. there's no burning platform, I guess, using that yeah. hor horribly traditional yeah. uh, term. <laughs> yeah. But that reflection for them, I think, and holding up the mirror around what's worked really well and, and what needs to continue, I think will be a really helpful and simple, pragmatic HR intervention. What else have you noticed about things that you're either doing now or that you've stopped doing that you want to either continue 
when the crisis is over or that you want to not reintroduce yeah i mean what what i've so our HR executive team usually meet monthly at the moment they're meeting weekly um, to really be able to to handle this what I liked was we were going into, we're actually in the middle of what we call our OTR, which is our organizational talent review process. It's quite a, I mean, it's an important process, but it's a heavy, a heavy burden on, on people. But this is your kind of nine box grids and the review and. Well, you'll be happy to know we don't have a nine oh, box grid. But it, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, is someone, does someone have vertical potential? Do they have lateral potential? What's yeah. our succession looking like, etc. Yeah. But, you know, it can be heavy uh, because you can go very deep into the organization, etc. And I think what was very good was our, our HR team recognized that we need to slow things down. Mm. We can't just... We can't just kind of continue hammering the same old things. Um, and so, so what that led to was really a, a kind of an adult conversation with the different leaders of the different business units in Swiss Re around, well, what makes sense for you? Are you completely under the cosh and, you know, this is a no-go completely, in which case it's super, super light touch. And this is the minimum we need, which is just around kind of key succession. Yeah. Or do you feel this is what you want to do because you've just had a change, for example, yeah. and you want to fully review all your people and see where you are. Yeah. And I mean, I support three different client groups and I'm taking three different approaches with those three client groups, really meeting them where they are and, and, and what makes sense at the moment. And that's so refreshing, isn't it? Rather than there being a mandated universal one size fits all process that comes out from the center, which you have to do regardless of where your business unit is at, in the and the different pressures that you're under or the nature of your employee base instead to take an approach that says it's up to you what works best for you yeah I imagine you're also going to get probably a much greater response from those leaders because it's something that they've chosen to do it's the one that they've opted for yeah so they own it they adult to adult yeah and much more of a consumer approach where they're able to say this works for me yeah yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I work with one leader who's um, newly appointed into the role. We're doing a kind of strategic review of his area. For him, it really makes sense to go deep. And actually, we're doing more in that area than the center would have asked us to do. And that makes sense. And I support that because we need to get to know the people in, in for, for yeah. him. But in other areas, we just said, no, let's keep a completely light touch. We don't even really need to do much at all because because of where we are in our journey and because of what we've been doing so far. You also mentioned just a, a minute ago about this, uh, the fact that as a leadership team, HR leadership team, you've met, used to meet monthly. Yeah. And that's what I used to do with my direct reports. We would have a big monthly get together, which would typically take at least a half a day, if not all day. And yet actually what we're seeing through this crisis is HR teams getting together for short sharp regular frequent yeah. discussions and and again i'm i'm hopeful that 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 more agile you know let's just jump on a zoom call for an hour yeah it's once a week twice a week to get stuff done to check in with each other to deal with what the business is asking us for in a much more agile and responsive way and i think this kind of 
normal rhythm of business as, as if it happens naturally on a monthly basis, I think gets challenged, doesn't it? By yeah, this? yeah, yeah. And actually, I was lo- I was listening to a, um, a podcast with Laszlo Bock. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he the has Google guy, ex Google guy or HR rock star, um, as, <laughs> as he's called. He spoke um, to our operations leadership team a couple of weeks ago, and he has a new company called Hubu, which is around nudging and and kind of nudging behavioral change. But it was very interesting. He was interviewing his behavioral scientist, and they were talking about the the return to work and and what do leaders need to take into account? It's a a very good um, webinar or podcast. But one of the things she talked about was taking it really short term and thinking about the next three months and what are we going to do in the next three months? Because then you can corral everyone around, we're focused, this is what we need to achieve, rather than, okay, our big plans and our big strategies because who knows what's going to happen and who knows how long we'll be dealing with this and I think that kind of sprint planning is something that we'd begun to see with some of the more progressive HR teams you know the the idea that we have these kind of Stalinist three-year five-year strategies really just becomes quite laughable right now so instead you know scenario planning much more short-term sprint planning, only focusing on one, two or three priorities right now. Yeah. And, and I think that um, hopefully will become more of the norm. Yeah. Because, you know, for our, for our clients, for our employees, for our own teams, these long-winded, multi-actioned plans are just exhausting and confusing a lot of the time. So I think this, this kind of sprint planning, this much more agile response, again, is another thing that we'll see coming out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now you mentioned earlier on that that Swiss Re has always been very good at managing people working remotely. Yeah. The kind of you know, truly a global organization. So has the working from home thing, which has has really you know some companies have really struggled with because it's the first time they've had to do it at scale. Yeah. Is that something that was just kind of like water off a duck's back to to Swiss Re? Yeah. I mean that was impressive. It was like that. You turn a switch <laughs> and we were there. So we've all re- always, we've had, I mean, we've had this wonderful philosophy called own the way you work for about eight years. So quite a lot. I love that. Long own the way you work. Own the way you work. And it's around basically everyone having a conversation about the best place and the best time and, and the best way to get your work done, but empowering and giving flexibility. I mean, if you think about our people in Asia who report, who are part of teams with people in Europe, you know, the, yeah. some of the teams I support, we can't expect them to sit on a call till 10 o'clock at night. I mean, so being able to work in the morning in the office or go home in the afternoon um, and then long back on again for a few calls. So that's always been part of our, our way of working. So for us, it was really easy to do the switch over because we have the technology to do it and we have kind of the culture was already in place. I mean, I would say there were still some pockets of the organization that maybe were a little bit further behind there was a a bit less trust etc but I guess that's been (laughs) that's been tackled now (laughs) over the last last few months yeah hasn't it just been tackled I mean I think you know this is one of the things that I'm kind of urging clients to think about is that those those barriers those big resisting resisting leaders that were saying oh I can't possibly do this it won't work for me yeah they're just doing it they've just done it and it's going to be very hard for those resistance 
you know, that that, that resistance be built back up. Yeah. I um, anything else just to kind of conclude that yeah. you think is just worth us thinking about in HR when we look at this better normal and what do we want to create? What do we want to think about? I think we have to think about everything. I think we have a wonderful opportunity to say, you know, the world was already complex and changing all the time. You have competitors coming from everywhere. So all of the, you know, all of the heavy processes, do they make sense? So I, I think it's really a reflection on all of the core things we do in HR. What can we take from this? So, Absolutely. so I really like that we say what makes sense for you, leader, rather than this is what everyone's going to do in exactly the same way, exactly, you know, the same approach across the whole organization. I think you're absolutely right. And I think if, if, you know, if we're not, if we're not taking this opportunity, um, you know, hopefully we never have an opportunity like this ever again, yeah, but it is an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Amy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy your drink on Monday. I am ready and waiting. I've got my <laughs> cocktail glass ready to go. Have you thought what's your first drink going to be? Vodka. <laughs> not south african wine i need a a, a stiff a stiff drink after a all these weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh you enjoy and uh it's been lovely talking to you thanks so lovely thank you thanks for listening to this podcast for more resources to help you change hr check out the disruptive hr club at www.disruptivehr.club